welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. The real memory of souls was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah. That was better. I, yeah, I prefer that. Well, to our listeners, we haven't seen each other in like almost two three to months. three months. Yeah. So we're going to be a little loopy. We uh, got older. We, we got, did. We older. It's, it's now July 2022. We probably didn't get wiser. We got more depressed. I'll I definitely got dumber. I lost brain cells for sure. My sleep schedule got worse. Okay, and it was not great to begin with. No. Yeah. <laughs> not that I can tell. Josh now I go I to bed at 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, you work the night shift, though. Yeah, it's you not, do. Yeah. It's, it's not because he wants to. I mean, mm. yeah. Also, if you did want to, that'd be fine. Yeah. Listen, sleep when you want. Yeah. Capitalism is stupid. America's on Bad. fire. Just you can sleep, sleep when, when you, you want, want to. You can sleep your sleep behind. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about book three of uh, Course of Dragons, The Memory of Souls. Uh, this is my favorite book, I think. Interesting. Yeah. It's very good. The pacing I, is uh, really good. Yeah. It is It is probably the most uh, traditional epic fantasy, I would say, of the five. Uh, you know, it, it has politics and magic and it ends with a big epic battle uh, but i think uh, part of why i like this book so much is like we finally have our four main characters together and it's That's really true. fun and nice and especially in these early chapters like i love it it's like they're they're catty they're horny they're frustrated with each other it's great got a lot of got a lot of personalities in general like it starts yeah. out it has, like, even for Jen Lyons, a large number of introductions. Yes. There's, like, the summary, there's a letter, there's a second letter, Karen's talking to Thurvishar, <laughs> yeah. Thurvishar is talking, and then, like... They're flirting we, through note-taking. I love Thurvishar right, and Karen's dynamic. I love everybody's dynamic. I forgot how much I love these characters. Like, I took a break from reading, and then I was, like, it was, like, sinking into a bath. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, hello. Yes. Yes. And this is like, we often don't actually get them all four together very often, even in the later books. So it is nice to have these, these bits where it's like, oh yeah, like this is what, you know, that it's, it's like a delicious cocktail that you didn't know you wanted. Like a mojito doesn't make sense on the surface. Why would I put mint in a drink? That doesn't sound good. And it's delicious. <laughs> So this podcast is now firmly anti-mint. I'm not sure why, but we're just going to take strong stances Just on like things. we're anti-boat. Anti-boat, Yes, no boat, no mint. <laughs> no mint shipping boats at all. Never. Yeah, the Evergreen. Remember that disaster so many disasters ago? <laughs> we did. That's like our oh worst my nightmare. God. A, the, a disaster that we specifically called out in this show because we recorded. And then that episode, I don't even know if it's come out yet. Over a year later. I think it has. I think it has. Well, this tweet or this Mm. podcast better be evergreen. Uh, Uh, 
okay. by the time this comes out, they'll be they'll be evergreen too. Oh God, electric boogaloo. There, there might be. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll just have blocked. What's the other canal? Panama. Sure. Yeah. Fuck that canal. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> but to start us off, um, one thing that I noticed that I, I never noticed before is because um, like I I have a good memory, so I don't need to read the like. Here's what happened last time on right. disc, on uh, Chorus of Dragons. But in this one, I notice uh, Thurvishar has a note about um, when he's like summing up what happened in book two. He has a note about the spear Corval where he's like, I wonder what ever happened to that. Oh. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, too. <laughs> right. We talked about that. Yeah, we asked the same question. <laughs> no, he's like, yeah. oh, does anybody? He says, um, was Corval recovered? I know Morios broke the spear in two. And the pieces fell into Lake Jorat, but never mind. Ooh. I suppose we have more important problems right now, which is true. <laughs> I feel like that is uh, either like a big Easter egg for the future, or it's literally just Gen Lines being like, don't think yeah, about it. I'm covering my bases. <laughs> it's not going to be important. Yeah, you can have you can have your character. I I still don't think that Jen Lyons has a single mouthpiece character, like the character she uses mm. to express herself. But it's probably Thurvishar. I'd say that's the closest. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Thurvishar, we start the book with Thurvishar and Kieran in a mysterious mm. place that they describe as being very old and very gross. Yes. But we, as of this point, <laughs> uh don't know where that is exactly Mm -hmm. i do love in these uh little interstitials you get like them commenting on telling a story backwards and the like because i i forget who starts but like one of the like i think thurvishar is going chronologically oh no yeah like thurvishar is going chronologically and then kieran he's like no for me it starts you know in the middle so i'm gonna start my story in the middle so it's very like tongue-in-cheek like the characters addressing the fact that you never get a linear timeline in these books. Oh yeah, and just in case you thought that that was following in the footsteps, no, Gen Lions also adds two very distinct separate voices. So we get Senere mm. and uh Siobhan and Talia teaming up for a chapter and then oh we get God, yes. um Maya slash no, it's not Kamezra. Kariel. 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 Popping up, who's Karen's mom, we all know mm. now. Um, yeah, we so get just... a, a significant in- expansion in viewpoint characters in this book. Yeah, That Senere chapter might be my favorite chapter in the entire book. Uh, yeah, so my notes for that chapter are uh, Rebels Day Out. Very important. <laughs> And then my only other note for the char- chapter is, Senere is a bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that chapter fucking rules. All the chapters with Siobhan also. I like how Siobhan yeah. gets. So she had she previously had an anime entrance. Mm. And she's just going to keep having them, I guess. Because mm. the first time she like throws open the doors to the throne room and she's like, guess what? Bitch is not dead. Well, kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Half dead. <Suck> it. <laughs> or i'm gonna suck it that it being your soul yes <laughs> but this time she jumps mm-hmm. on a giant undead giant kills it 
rides it down to the ground and is like, sup. What next? Yeah, <laughs> sup. Also, she looks like, um, it, it's, I, I'm betting that it's a call out to uh, the Elric series because she's got a black blade and she's all pale. Oh. And she's like drinking souls. So she has to show up like Elric. It's just a nice little nod. Yeah, you get a lot of really good character pairings in these mm-hmm. in this book. Uh, yeah, you have the the Hell Warriors together, and then yeah, like Senere, Talia, and Javon together. Oh, like just like f- awesome buddy cops. Fucking shit up. <laughs> it's great. What? What possible police force? Like, I want to join it. Don't don't get me wrong. I just... <laughs> yeah. So going going back to the uh, beginning, uh, I love the idea. Like, okay, so we we're picking up at the end of book two. You know, we've this is we're in uh, a trini. We're right outside the lake. Moros has just destroyed everything, and then the Kuros nobles the Kuros nobles continue to be the worst. And the gods just, like, squad up on them. They're like, okay, we have had enough of your bullshit, so we're going to straighten a few things out right now. And Taya is just like, no more witches! I was, I was very excited when this chapter began with it being Thurvishar's point of view, because I love Thurvishar, and I was, like, mm. hoping, uh, you know, that he would get a point of view. And it's really funny that... um you know, when the witch hunters surround them, that Kieran is the first one to realize what's really going on. It's like, oh, Kieran ever the thief knows a scam when he sees mm-hmm. one. Where, like, this whole thing is about mm-hmm. um, Ty and So and not really them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to coo our girl. Which is foolish in the extreme. Very foolish. But, you know. I have in my notes, uh, yes. after the gods come down and Thane has uh, Vornell Winora look into her eyes. It's like Vornell Winora is with Butterbelly now. <laughs> <laughs> In the hall of truly dead characters. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> I put I put this note in here. I don't remember what actually happens. I put uh, God talk. Taja flips a chair like a cool pastor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I put Taja Riker's a chair. I put tire yes! flipping your chair backwards is very funny. <laughs> and that, that there's apparently a lot like Thurishar speculates as a long held grudge about this whole chair thing and the way the chairs. Yes. <laughs> but I just want to point out something more depressing than funny that happens before this when the gods declare that the um there'll be no more witches uh Dervishar talks about um how this will affect the nobles and i wrote my notes of course the persecution of witches comes down to uh, an economic issue where taya changing the rules hurts their you know their coin purses more than their sensibility about women and poor right. people using mm-hmm. magic it's not about poor it's not about women and poor people using magic it's about what power they have and how much money they can get by issuing licenses and and it was just like oh this Mm -hmm. is sad but then taya flips her chair backwards and we're all happy again (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's great yeah i will say and there is a great story from the history of the rabbis where um there are a bunch of rabbis arguing about a theological point and it's one dude 
against the rest of everybody and god literally shows up and is like no i agree with the one dude and the rest of the rabbis are like nobody asked you <laughs> seriously they're like well you put the torah on earth and so we're gonna decide butt out i thought you were gonna say cod came down and flipped yeah. his chair backwards <laughs> <laughs> and then god flipped his chair backward and everyone was like that was a power move but you're still not we're not yep. going to follow you, yep. what you said. So we are humans, and we're going to do our own shit. God damn it! I just, I just feel like this is steeped in a very, very long tradition of humans being like, we love religion. Yeah. No, not that one. Yeah, not that. Yeah, <laughs> not like this. Right. Direct revelation. Yeah. Not as interesting. No, no, no. There's a lot of what are uh, we Mormons? Red flags in this <laughs> chapter with Thane and how terrified she is how short mm -hmm. with everyone yeah. she is. And I don't think I really took that to heart uh, the other times I've read this. But this time I was like, oh boy, this is not going to end well. And we also learned yeah. that Argus used to visit Kieran when he was in, um, you know, the... Now I, I... It's been so long I forget the... The Velvet, the velvet yeah. Circle. Velvet Town. Yeah. The Shattered Veil? Was that it? Well, what's yeah. the lower yeah. section yeah. of uh, the capital city uh, called? I think it's just called the Lower Circle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When Kieran was growing up. There we go. Yes. Never not been followed by gods. Although I do appreciate, like, a little bit later. So Thane's terrified and can't. She can't even think beyond the one solution that she knows is probably going to help. Not work, just help. Right. And we don't know what that is yet, but yeah. in, like, very shortly after, Talia is watching Rello's Far show up, and she's like, you know, this guy only, like, he thinks he knows, mm -hmm. and it all comes back to what the Rosharn says in the beginning, which is, like, he says it to Senere, like, this is just a lack of imagination. Like, you don't have to commit atrocities, you just have to think harder, which is pretty great. Yeah, so they, okay, so the gods basically tell everybody that they have to convince Kellanus to do the ritual of night. And Thane seems pretty sure he will do it. Yeah. And then we get a jump to the middle of the story. It's so funny that Thane is like, he won't say no, and then he does. <laughs> it's like, girl. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like the gods in uh, A Course of Dragons have always been very human, but this is the book where things really start to fall yeah. apart, and you do see their very human failings. Yeah, and then we switch to Kieran's perspective, or him narrating, as you said, and they're in the Corthane Blight, which they discover, yes. and they can't um, open a portal out of there. Instead, a portal opens up where it starts raining swords. Yes, I wrote, sword rain make horny. Yeah, I wrote something very similar because I wrote, <laughs> it's raining swords. And then I wrote, Janelle and Kieran are hiding underneath this uh, wagon, wagon with yeah. this sexual tension <laughs> of them needing to fuck already while it's <laughs> raining swords. <laughs> it's the danger. And also, like, Kieran is, like, hearing the voice of Volkaroth calling to him across the blight. And occasionally, if he, like, loses focus, he just finds himself, like, walking 20 steps ahead of them because he's walking towards Volkaroth. It's kind of scary, like, not having, like, 
control of autonomy over your own body like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, yeah. it's very, let's have some horror movie with this action flick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, like, we're very much, like, in his head, and you see, like, he's very quickly become almost an unreliable narrator, because mm-hmm. he doesn't know what's happening to him, and he doesn't necessarily tracking what's happening to him. Yeah. And, like, they are so effective. royally screwed, because the gods are busy yeah. with the demons, and they can't warp out of there, and they're dressed, like, in sexy elf clothes. <laughs> yes! in, in the worst place possible to be dressed that way and they don't have their weapons or food or food or shelter anything other than a yeah they're in a bad situation yeah it's not good a bad situation that and i appreciate this always gets worse like you think there's a dragon yes. outside the tavern no there's two like yeah now there's one dragon outside the the blight that's like i don't know i just think of it like Australia, it's just made of poison. <laughs> just like, oh no, we ended up in Australia. Spiders. Um, but yeah, so a dragon they find, and then they find a bunch of people who may or may not also want to murder them. Totally unclear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that's really interesting about these chapters, uh, you know, coming out of book two, is we don't have Janelle as a POV character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for so much, basically the entire book too, the only time we ever really saw Janelle was as a POV character. Well, I guess, I guess Cone it was split with, but like, it feels so weird to be completely out of her head right now. And, uh, and she's like very fighty and mad at Terraith, actually. To be fair, like, Terraith kind of sucks in the beginning yeah. of this book. Terraith, yeah, I mean, like, it's, he's being a dick, but that's kind of how he is. He's being a dick about it, but his mm-hmm. desire to know what's going on when one of his party runs at a dragon yeah. by herself is kind of like, yeah, no, I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would want to know the answer, too. Mm-hmm. It made me remember that it's only on the tail end of this book that, like, it's, like, with hindsight, of course, when we recorded the podcast for book one... I liked Terraith, but uh, overall, I don't think I really liked Terraith the first time around until the tail end of this Mm. book. And I just think, uh, I really, I really hated him in the beginning of this book. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's a dick. He is. Yeah, and he's, like, very protective of Kieran, and because, like, you know, he he has a big thing for Kieran, and Kieran doesn't reciprocate yet, and now you have Janelle, this, like, hot babe who he also met in the underworld. And, like, it's a it's a weird dynamic. Yeah, that, that kind of irks me a little bit because he did not act like this with Janelle um, in book two mm. when they met in the, the afterlife. And then he suddenly acts yeah. like this now. It's, it's not so much, like, out of character, but it is strange behavior on his part and part of why i didn't like him in these opening chapters but i was uh, when when janelle and terraith argue later on in the last chapter we'll be covering mm. it is unintentionally funny like seeing a couple you don't know so argue in a starbucks when you're just sitting there <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's great, too, because, like, she sets him straight, 
And then Tareth is talking to Thervishar and Tareth is just like, yeah, you know, she's just remembering our past lives together. And I wasn't very good to her there. And, and Thervishar is like, nah, dog, it's all you right now. You piss her off. <laughs> I'm going to skip ahead and talk about it because in chapter 10, she's like, oh, you're you're just mad that I won't like bend to your Thudage. <laughs> and Tareth just yells, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Thervishar tries to break in and start explaining, and Kieran is like, oh, not now, man. No. And then Thervishar then explains in the notes what it means, and it's so funny. And I don't know if it's I don't know good. if Den Lyons intended it to be funny, but it's... Oh, she definitely did. I think so. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, because these chapters are so grim otherwise, so you need some kind of, like... Yeah, and it, yeah, and it it is one of the it's a it's a good character moment for Janelle too to like kind of remind us like oh no Janelle can be very rigid in her way of thinking and she doesn't always like think outside of you know Jorati's social structures so it's a good way to like remind us of like that part of her character too. <laughs> There's a moment Tareth is like I'm used to him pointing to Kieran doing things without warning me and Kieran <laughs> breaks in he's like hey I give you a little bit of a warning. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this book is like grown ass man Thurvishar wrangling three horny angry teenagers. <laughs> like dad Thurvishar on a road trip with his three teen children. It's great. You really have to read um Gideon the Ninth. There there's a yes, couple of teens who are j- literally referred to in the book as like the shitty teens. <laughs> excellent i love that before like the this section of the story begins um no it, it happens afterwards the next chapter where um we get our first uh talia uh point of view kieran is like oh don't we need a center rage part of this story for it to all make sense and thervishar is like i don't know and uh <laughs> i don't know if i have that <laughs> and kieran just looks at him and is like i don't believe you <laughs> And I just think, you know, the, the um, you know, that part in Anchorman that people gif all the time is like, I don't believe you. <laughs> that is very, uh, like, yeah. that is very, now that you mention it, making fun of your dad for dating again vibes, though. It's like, <laughs> yes, totally. Dad, ask her out. Mm-hmm. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> she likes you. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Talia is, like, the best person. Like, not not necessarily the best character, but she's just, like, the goodest person. Oh, yeah. I think she's, in the whole like, series. a little bit chaotic good, but she's, like, mm. fully good. Everyone else has yeah. got a touch of neutral and yeah. touch of evil, but nope, Talia's yeah. just like, everyone needs friends. Let's be friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been through some shit, and I gonna be positive about yeah. it yeah and thervishar points that out in chapter five because she's talking about um in chapter five uh you know they've lost um Sulis and javon contacts relis far in order to get his help and when he arrives mm-hmm. um talia is remarking about unlike nobles who just won't look at her at all he always looks at her but then always uh figures that She's inconsequential. And then Thervishar has a note where he's like, uh, Relisvar sucks. You're very consequential. 
<laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. sweet, honestly. Like, it's... Yeah. Derbyshire's a good dude. Uh, there's a great quote from that chapter uh, from Javon, and it's, I don't care if I need the help of two startled rabbits and a drunk hyena, as long as it results in Sula's dead. <laughs> and I made a note that this is me wanting fries at 11 p.m. <laughs> I did notice in that chapter that Cone does not mention uh, that he his betrayal at all. Like he does, even though like he's friends with mm. Talia, uh, when they talk, he just says like, "Oh, I used to make that candy for Janelle," yeah. uh, but he doesn't mention mm-hmm. what he's doing here or with Relisvar and Senere. Uh He just mentions that you know he's not making the candy right now. Mm-hmm. yeah so and there's cool. some good like you know you don't have to say everything full out even though there's like a good amount of explaining needed um and that's like a very quiet subtle sort of like in the same way that talia yeah. holding siobhan's swords like she hates it she hates holding it it makes her uncomfortable and she's like give it to me i will hold it you're so pretty it's like no. nothing else needs to be said yep Rolamar sounds terrifying. I was just going to say, Rolamar's gross. So we get to the chapter where, um, you know, the, Janelle hears battle. She runs forward. Teresa says something stupid. <laughs> As she do. Uh, it turns out it's Rolamar. Uh, he's like a zombie dragon. And with his breath, he can bring dead people back to life as zombies. And he sounds... Uh, Really terrifying. Yeah, he's like constantly like rotting and reforming and like I think there's like skin and bones and meat sloughing off of him. Yeah, and, it's, and you, we find the Morgagi uh, fighting Rolamar and we learn later on that these are the same Morgagi from book one that threw a spear at Kieran when he teleported to the Corthane yeah. Blight. And... uh this is where, uh, before the podcast started, I mentioned there would we mentioned the Avatar of the Last Airbender. Uh, and I said there would be a reference to Avatar in this podcast. Uh, Kieran has memories from when he was uh, Sarek, and it turns out there's a like secret entrance in the side of the hill. So, of course, the first thing I think of is a secret tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> secret tunnel tunnel <laughs> but I, I i was very curious like what was this tunnel like because there's like mechanisms like uh thervishar yeah. like he has thervishar use magic on the wall which like apparently the because there's like chaos magic here in the corthane blight but it's like at a range it's bad but if it's like close mm-hmm. to your tent your like body's tenye it's okay so thervishar puts his hand on the wall and like breaks opens this up and then it reveals a stairs and i'm just like what who what was this for is this like part of the city that like used to be here and like maybe this was where when people lived here maybe this is where because sarek was like a soldier uh maybe this was like Mm -hmm. how they escaped the city if there was an emergency yeah it's like a bunker or something Mm mm-hmm or like, like, or like underground, like, I don't know, maybe it's like a dress kind of situation. It could also just be like the city itself 
sunk when it got destroyed and mm-hmm. it, it could just True. be like yeah. this is how we got to like 18th street from 16th street mm. it's just a shortcut so <laughs> i don't know i'd like it to be more than that but it would also be kind of funny if it was just like no this is just broadway we use doors yeah. so it doesn't get dusty <laughs> another scene like just like i would never have thought of this to write this way but another scene that was like unintentionally funny is like when they go down into the tunnel and roll mars outside and then they're like, oh, clo- close the door, close the door. And Kieran presses the button to close the door. And it doesn't work the first time. And then he presses it again. <laughs> Just the, like, I would never think of like while writing that to be like, oh, the button, mm-hmm. <laughs> like technology now where like sometimes the button just doesn't work the it first time. just doesn't time. work. <laughs> you got to yeah. press it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is very modern feeling. Yeah, he like presses the button. And nothing happens, and everybody's like staring at him, and then he's like presses it again, <laughs> and then the, the thing starts to like close. But yeah, that was the secret tunnel. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then so Janelle is like remembering her time as Alana and her time with the Morgagi, mm. and she so she you know talks to them and she kind of like knows how to speak to them in a way that will have them respond positively. Like she, I think she like tells. Uh, some Morgagi warrior. She's like, oh, don't worry. You'll die an old woman in bed one day. And he like giggles. Uh. <laughs> it's like so thrilled. And then she lays this savage burn down on Terraith, which is like dual purpose because both Terraith and the Morgagi like get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, don't be in such a hurry to be an old woman. I can think of better uses for that mouth. That's very funny. <laughs> sick like i'm surprised nobody brought her a microphone just so she could <laughs> drop it in that moment and all the more goggy are just like damn like all right we respect you yeah <laughs> you get us all right it's very like it, it's a it's a matriarchal society and aside from that it was just like it reminds me of all the time i spent with my italian relatives because it's just oh. like oh man you really got me that was hilarious when you insulted me, like, so hard that I almost died, that was great. Do it again. So. Okay, okay. I, I welcome this this kind of culture. It soothes me, comforts me in this time nice. of trial. All right, canon. The Morgagi are Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Matriarchy may or may not apply here, depending mm. on your interpretations. But yeah. yeah. I, it might be worth explaining. So, like, the Morgagi are matriarchal because, because of their biology everyone is born male and becomes female later in life. And so if you manage to get old enough, that's like a mark of status for you to turn into a woman. And that, so that's why, uh, for the, yeah, again, for those who don't remember, that's why it's also lands for Terraith because, so the Morgagi are uh, what became of the Voromir after they did the Ritual of Night. So Kemezra is Voromir, Terraith is half Voromir. Terraith will, as he ages one day, become female. Mm-hmm. And that brings us mm-hmm. back to uh, the early chapter with the gods, because Thervishar has a, 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 a remark about uh, Umfur's voice not being rock-like, mm. even though he, you know, has, you know, power over earth and rock. But Thanes does sound gravelly. And that's because she's Voromir. Mm-hmm. Um, 
A fun little tidbit we learned when we talked to Gent Lions. So Umfer is called Umfer because that is the name of the planet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I That's forgot right. about that. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, she like mentioned. She was like, oh, my next novel is not set on Umfer. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, so um, it would be like Gaia or, yeah, I don't know, yeah. a god that we just called Earth. Mm. Yeah. And we learn later on in this book, which we won't spoil yet, why the eight immortals have the names that they do mm, yes mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yeah why Thane and k mezra are two names for the same person yes so lots lots that's gonna come up lots about the gods lots about the mortals and excitingly i like how we know this book is about Nivane, but we still haven't seen it like, she's still mm. building us up to get into Rivendell or, like, you know, horny jungle Rivendell, as it turns out. <laughs> Just, like, instead of mid, like, 50s versions of, like, medieval clothes, we have mid... 2000s versions of horny clothes which is just like yeah. sheer panels everywhere it's like festival clothing yeah. you know no, wearing janko jeans yeah. and <laughs> but see-through <laughs> their, their flowing pants are just janko jeans yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of like strategic cutouts i think mm-hmm. yeah it sounds comfy as hell honestly not i mean not when you're in the corthan blight but like in general if you're in a, a tropical horny forest yeah. Yeah. I like how I think uh Thervishar described Tarith's clothing as like little more than strategic jewelry. Yes. <laughs> Except yes. for the spots for his <laughs> knives. It's like I could get behind that. Mm-hmm. It's like what is it? Red Sonia. It's just like don't bother explaining the chainmail bikini. That's just a thing. It's just what happens. Like get, get used to it. <laughs> Uh, a great comic book writer that I love named Gail Simone eventually got to do a run on Red Sonia. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, Where yeah, she yeah. did, uh, I think she did explain the bikini. Did she? Maybe. I, I remember it being very good. It's been many years and we've had many crises in the world for, for me to remember exactly what happened. <laughs> I thought the explanation, I could be misremembering this from a different run or a different incarnate, whatever, but like, I thought it was just like, fuck you, I do what I want. Yeah, I mean, it's a good explanation. The part with Rolamar where like Janelle runs in and then she saves a Morgagi baby and then uh, mm. Kieran like runs after her and he he hurts Rolamar. I, I still don't fully understand what he did. And they like hint that like, Kieran, like, in the point of view, gives a explanation where he's like, oh, the reverse happens. But then the notes mm-hmm. say from Thurvishar, like, oh, we were very wrong about this. I fully don't, un- mm-hmm. I don't fully understand what he did to hurt Rolamar. I forget, and I think it comes up later. So I think it, it has so something what Kieran, to do with Volcara. Yeah, what Kieran thinks he did was use healing magic on Rolamar, which then damaged him because of, like, Final Fantasy rules. It's like doing radiant damage to... Yeah, yeah. But I think what he probably actually did was unleash some Volcaroth on him. 
uh, is my guess. Like if that's what Thervishar is saying, but I, I, I don't know either. I don't really know. And also like they're, yeah, they're in this weird area where like magic is chaotic and unpredictable. And so I, I don't have a great sense of what happened here either. Well, that's why we're reading it again to remember, yeah. remember that. And also I don't remember any of the body switches. Like, I kind of remember, but I forget why they happened and when they happened, and mm. I know that they happened. Yeah. But, like, I'm really looking forward to someone explaining that to me again. Yeah. Because Tarate's father got switched at some point. Kieran's mother got switched at one point. Mm-hmm. And uh, Talon obviously got switched at yep. one point. I think yep. that's all the so, important ones. I think that's is the, it? the three major ones. And, um... What's the villain from the first book? Oh my god. Gadris? Yeah, Gadris switching with the Emperor. Oh yeah, that's and, true. That's yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But sticking with um, you know, Kieran's storytelling, uh, in chapter ten, Janelle is like she's having her argument with Teraith and she says like about her he's like, Why like explain yourself. Why did you run into it? And then she, and we remarked about how Janelle does not have a point of view in this book mm-hmm. and at this point after having it for so long. Uh, she remarks, oh, I ran forward. Uh, the only one knowing that Morgagi uh, have a matriarchal society and thus if I didn't do something, then they wouldn't have given us aid. And, uh, you know, they. why do you think they kill all the women when they look for leaders in battles? And I'd really like her point of view on this because I don't mm. believe her in this sense. <laughs> she has, I don't know if she had really an idea that there were Morgagi fighting a dragon because they're pretty far away when she runs <laughs> forward. And I, I, That's I a good kind point. of... Like, not that I fault her for this, because Tereth is being mm-hmm. a jerk, but I kind of think she says this in order to put him in his place. But I don't actually believe she knew that was the plan. I think just, like, because Kieran would do the same thing. I think she just ran forward because she heard danger and wanted to help out. Yeah. Because that's just she who she She probably made is. a calculated risk. Like, who mm-hmm. else is hanging out in the blight? Like, she yeah. might have thought that as soon as she saw them. But her original, like, in, like I would love to ask Jen Lyons this, but her original, like, she they hear the battle, Janelle runs forward. Mm. I don't think she thought about the whole strategy with the Morgagi when she no, intent first, like, ran off. Yeah, it's, it's a very Janelle thing to just go. Yeah. And I think it's a very Janelle thing, too, though, to be in charge. Like, mm. she's not Janelle, she's count janelle like she's in, mm-hmm. she's been in charge of people for a long time and so mm-hmm. when she decides to do something i don't think it's that unreasonable to expect everybody else to follow her no like yeah. kieran and thurvish are I don't like think she's yep sounds good yeah. yeah yeah it's a win-win for her like right she yeah. does her natural instinct and then it also works out that the morgage uh view her as a woman and respect i just that. think you know right, she yeah. doesn't view herself as a woman i just think it's funny that she was probably lying because Oh yeah, <laughs> it might have it might have turned to not a lie very quickly when she saw them though. Mm-hmm. So she might have run to see, saw, made the calculation, and then run at the dragon, mm. or thrown a spear totally ineffectually at the dragon. But you know, <sighs> tomato potato. 
It was a pretty dope scene, though. It's like, it, she pierced its eye. Yeah. It oh, did. yeah. She threw a javelin through its mm-hmm. eye. Nothing. Right? Zero damage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's only vulnerable to magic. It's like, mm-hmm. shit. Uh, it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> right. You have to, like, figure out what the radius is of, of the sword fall and open a gate, mm-hmm. like, just far enough that it doesn't hit the Morgage. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. We also have uh, the Morgage are using a cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Wild heart, they, which I don't think we know what it is at the beginning of the scene. I think we we learn, yeah, that it's wild heart pretty quick. I think, right? Yeah. I think that happens in or makes, I don't, like, if, vines and in stuff. Chap- I think in chapter eight is when uh, she she explains it. She says it to Janelle. Mm. And Thervishar is like it's Baylash's, so yeah, it's not going to help us here. It's Baylash. Mm. That's not foreshadowing at all. Mm. <laughs> also, Thervishar knows that because he used to be the emperor who stole it. Right. <laughs> As civilian. Uh, yeah. I would love a book about him. He seems so cool. So mm. want that book. Yeah. Want that book. Want the Affair of the Voices book. Yep. I want the book where it's just... I just want like a bros book where everything isn't on the line. I don't know with <laughs> whom... But I'm sure that there could be a bros book. And I'm not yeah. talking gendered. I just want, you know, like, mm-hmm. non-gendered bros. Just do, like, a, have Jen, Jen should write a slice of life uh, anime yeah. style book yeah. that takes place <laughs> after so the Discord of Gods. Yeah. I just want to see the, like, I'm a peasant in this world where dragons sometimes show up who are insane. Oh, God. <laughs> just like just yep just another day there's an insane mm-hmm. carp in the middle of the lake sometimes <laughs> it's a dragon who wants to play cards well mm-hmm. time to harvest the turnips <laughs> like stardew valley cur <laughs> what would the, i guess the prismatic shard would be a cornerstone yeah there you go this oh is oh my god this is a weird amount of promise <laughs> yeah that, that's a mod for sure <laughs> so but like the romance options wouldn't end with just one person then should be yeah, nice no, you, you could expand your wives. farm right yeah. yeah have as many spouse spouse yeah. as you want mm. spouses can we talk about spouse now the uh, the best chapter in the series of chapters chapter seven this is the chapter with the egg this is the first chapter with uh this is the first Senere point of view chapter, but before yeah. it begins, uh, there is a foreshadowing that I did not pick up on where uh, Kieran says in the present, uh, thank Taja, and then there's an uncomfortable silence. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was pretty rough. So, yeah, it, uh, it starts with Senere is the point of view, which we have never gotten before. Um mm-hmm. And they are going to, oh God, what's the name of that? What's, oh, uh, it's the Krishna. It's the city no, where Kieran Kish, gets Kishna off. Fariga. Oh, yeah. Kishna Fariga. That's it. Kishna yeah. Fariga. Yeah, this is the city where Kieran got auctioned off in the first book, and uh, mm-hmm. Sanare has a remark about that, about like wanting to go to a tavern quickly, not only because she doesn't she doesn't want uh, to be in the cold. Um, but Siobhan acting like it's not cold is also, uh, very <laughs> noticeable. So they go to a tavern and Senere has a remark about 
she wants to go to her tavern so she doesn't see any, uh, you know, auction ships and burn them to the ground. Yeah. And I love this chapter. And it's, it's probably my, uh, might be like uh, my favorite chapter in the entire book just because of like the bar, the bartender is so great. Like he, yeah. <laughs> he like realizes the real threat that these people are right away. Yeah. And he's like, he just helps them out. Like, so yeah. <laughs> his bar can survive. And Senere, like, her, these guys being so stupid and, like, confronting them and trying to flirt with them. And not even just flirt, like, by them. And Senere mm. is like, sit down before, like, I do something. And him being like, oh. He's, he has one of the worst remarks. I forget. There's a line where he, he refers to Senere's breasts. And I I can't remember exactly what he says. It's like, oh, you got a good pair of something on you, and it's so horrible. And I'm like, Senere, please kill this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got off easy, honestly. Although, arguably, being kept alive, like kept alive to suffer with every single bone in your hand. Yeah, I, I have to imagine true. that it's not just broken. I have to imagine that it's like pulverized. That's like there's bone dust yeah. that's in your muscles Ugh. now. Yeah, and like, oh, that's not healing straight. He goes, "Damn woman, those are some fine shakers you got there." Hey, Grakir, come over here. Maybe we can get two for one. And Senere has like, and this is why, just for this line alone, is why this is one of my favorite chapters. She goes, "My mistake," Senere said. "I was too subtle. What I should have said was." Sit your ass back down before I break every fucking bone in your hands so you can't jerk yourself off unless your friend here helps. <laughs> oh, so good. And then she does break all the bones in his hand. <laughs> yeah, and then she does. Because he has the nerve to try to kick her dog. And I love it because yes. he doesn't even get his foot like it, it, the way she J- Jen Lyons described it is he doesn't even get his like foot fully like back. He's like going for the motion to kick her dog and she breaks all the bones in his hands. <laughs> and then and then and then the other sailors come up to like help him to fight them on his behalf. And because it's too much of a pain in the ass to break all the bones in in their hands to do the same thing magic wise, she just oh I just break all their kneecaps. It's much easier that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I just imagine like the bartender at that point is like the like Homer backing into the bushes, <laughs> just like I'm not gonna get involved. Yeah, he goes like. Please don't kill anybody. I just finished cleaning up, implying that someone yeah. else killed somebody in that bar. And Senere is like, since you asked so nicely, I won't even spill any blood. Yeah. She's a very reasonable human being. And like Javon asked him where the um, um, that place that they're going, something of the veils is. Uh, veil of the Last Light yes, or something? Yes, Veil of the Last Light. Yeah. And the bartender like begins to speak he's like oh uh why would you want to go there and then he stops and he's like what i mean to say is (laughs) down that road (laughs) and he just does not question it at all and uh 
what was the, the, the line where um like most bartenders aren't nearly that helpful yeah mm. and uh yeah. he's like i don't nobody nobody nice goes to the veil of the last light and Senori is like it's okay we're not nice people <laughs> It's a great chapter. I love that. I love that Senere is like, Senere is like a, you know, middle to high in her in normal interactions, like kind of bitchy. And also she murders just so many people, but she loves this dog. Mm. And yes. like in screenwriting parlance is like, if you like the dog, you're fine. Like mm. as long as you keep, like you don't hurt children or dogs, it's like great. Redemption arc yeah. possible. So Senere is like. But it's amazing how much, like, I didn't even pick up on that the first time. I'm just like, yeah, I like this bitch. She's great. It's, that's, she is a, the definition of, like, a problematic fave. Yes. Like, she is a mass murderer, but she rules. She's great. And her reasons are honestly not bad. Like, she hasn't yeah. thought all of them through, and she got hoodwinked yeah. by, what's yes. like, a cult leader. But yeah. that could happen to any of us. She was in a vulnerable place. Like one of the place. most powerful men to have ever lived on this planet. Right. Like, and and yeah. she was so vulnerable. Mm. And you know, with that in mind, like, who does she want to kill? She wants to kill slave traders. Like, yeah, yeah be my guest. That's totally fine. Go for it. Mm. You know who's not a problematic fave? Uh, Kieran's mother, Cariel, who we get a point of view <laughs> chapter in chapter nine, and she's just problematic. Yeah, and I don't, I don't particularly like her. But it's, like, in a way that she's written in a way that, like, I don't think she's a bad character. I think she's a great character. Yeah. It's just that mm-hmm. I don't like that character. And she, I think that was the intention. Oh, yeah, you're not supposed yeah. to. Oh, yeah. She's one of those people you like her in book one. Mm-hmm. For, through most of book one. And then the turn comes. And it's like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. She and Senator yeah, uh, are interesting to get both of those POV characters at the same time. They were both enslaved they were mm, geish yeah, slaves yeah. who were used for sexual purposes mm-hmm. and like senere and they both fall under the spell of relos far and it's just interesting mm-hmm. their trajectories mm-hmm. i completely forgot that cariel was like in contact with relos far and was working with him and had one of those eggs the fact that he uses a blue egg is very weird and funny in a way and i, I wonder what the like the inspiration for that is like hmm. imagine some <laughs> imagine a wizard gives you a big egg and you're like here smash this <laughs> if you want to contact me just the thought like if i was a wizard that's the kind of thing that i would do it'd be like here it's if you want to contact like me you have to eat this like red bagel and... <laughs> <laughs> the would assume that part of it is sigil magic, right? Maybe. Maybe. Because we did learn from Jen Lyons that basically all magic on this planet is sigil magic. What would be your blue egg? Mine is a red bagel. (laughs) Wait, do I... I kind of don't want to know why, but I kind of want to know why. I don't know. Red just seems like a weird color for a bagel. Okay. I didn't give it much thought. It honestly, green is my favorite color, so I would probably have a green bagel, mm. and I love bagels. Green bagel, okay. okay. And you have to eat the whole thing. Pla- you have to eat the whole <laughs> thing. Really plain. Okay. Nothing on it. No. 
So it has to be a real emergency. Imagine like you have an emergency <laughs> yeah. and you need to contact me, point. the wizard, and you're just like, <laughs> this plain bagel. Yeah. Great. Yeah, because so you can my, imagine my, cracking an yeah. egg for like an omelet and then you're like, fuck. So, so mine would be, for if for that reasoning, a bottle of white wine. Because then they have to drink the whole bottle. So they need to be really serious about contacting me and they won't bother me all the time. <laughs> what a hangover. Yeah, but in this scenario, thing. because we're it's like a color plus an object, it would literally be white wine. It would be like yeah, exactly. like yeah. glue colored wine. Ah, Christina, I might have to have them saying, uh, "My heart will go on." No one willingly <laughs> does those high notes. To contact you, oh, but you would get accidentally summoned by so many karaoke nights. <laughs> well, you just have to be the one person, right? Mm. Do people say so they'd have to be like really drunk? Yeah, I don't know. I I've never seen anyone kissing for karaoke. Have you? No, I actually don't think so. Yeah, no. I mean, I would. Okay, we'll put it this way: I would want to be there for that karaoke night too. So, like, win win. Yeah, fair. Yeah, sounds like a. It sounds like a night that went really bad or really good. So. <laughs> Sure. The only real note I have about this chapter, um, chapter nine, in which we get our first carryall point of view, is first of all, actually I have two notes. First is that uh, this is, Thurvishar uses this as a as a response to Kieran ending the story too soon, mm. where he's like, oh, I picked up that bad habit from Janelle and Cone. And then Thurvishar is like, well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to bring your parents into this. And, <laughs> right. and but then because uh, I don't particularly like Cariel, uh, she does have a remark about how evil Core uh, is and demands and the nobles. And I just thought of the you know the onion headline: "Worst person you know made a really good point." <laughs> totally. She takes. She goes from zero to sixty. Like she takes steps to mm. keep Theron with her. She's like, "Oh, you know, you're you're kind of coming around, and you don't look very happy." Love spell, be my slave. Yeah. yeah. Does that happen yet? I'm not sure it's, if that happens yet. It doesn't happen yet, oh, okay. but, but it will. It's like it starts. I forget what. Okay, I, I uh, my, the note I made was Cariel takes steps. <laughs> so she's she's doing something. Oh, it does end with. She sat down next to Theron, held his head in her hands, and began weaving an enchantment. That's what it is, yeah. And it, and like I love that Thurvish shows note. We realize how like uh, magically adept Cariel is because mm. he says um, that enchantments are very difficult to perform, unreliable, and incredibly dangerous. So we like get that Cariel is both uh, very good at magic. That she's had a long time to practice, and she's willing to do dangerous magic in order to get her way. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucked that like one of the first things she does after escaping is take away someone's free will. Yeah, and that's kind of the the crux of some of the differences with Senere is like Cariel mm-hmm. knows how bad Core is and still uses their methods, whereas mm-hmm. like Senere knows how bad Core is. And she goes to extreme lengths, but, like, she doesn't, like, take anybody's free will. She doesn't, like, 
I don't know. Poisoning I mean, entire countryside is pretty bad. And she oh, that's just true. Tried to gauge Fuck, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, it's like one of those things where like yeah, they, they they aren't that different, but they their motivations are very different. Carriels yeah. are completely selfish. Yeah. Senere cares about consent a little bit more than Carriel. Yeah. Even though we just remarked yeah. about her geishing uh, uh, Cone and trying to with Janelle. Yeah. But still. Yeah, like Carol, she wants she wants her boyfriend and she wants her bloodline, the, and they conveniently are in the same person. The, yeah. So she wants her little her little boy toy pet that she can hopefully take a throne with. The main difference I, is that I like Senere and I don't like Carol, so I'm willing to be a hypocrite about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Fair. You know, that's honest and probably true for me too. And I'm just sitting here yeah. trying to justify it. Can someone explain to me when I come back exactly how? The, I forget why she needs Theron to get the throne. It's everybody's favorite culprit. Body swaps. So the, yeah, so, okay, so Kariel needs Theron because Theron is the heir to the Kirpus Vane throne. Right. I forgot that. How did that happen? Okay, so, so Theron's grandmother mm-hmm. was, is Terrandell's biological daughter. Right, okay. So Theron Terenda- is technically Doc's great-great-grandson. Of um, his so, body, so, but not his Yeah, mind. so when Terendel, King Terendel dies, his wife, Valathia, and daughter, Valrashar, walk the traitor's walk. Valrashar is sold into slavery. She gets bought by the Demons. She, I think, is... We we don't really know how it happened, but she is impregnated by impregnated by Pedrone. Oh yeah, that's and then up, has sorry. her children Tishar, and there was like another one who is inconsequential. Right, Jimmy, I think is that, and then, and whoever Theron's dad was, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, was Pedrone Theron's dad? Pedrone might have been his dad, but okay, maybe Pedrone was. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so Theron has kid. is like right. Theron has the the Kirpus royal bloodline in him, and because uh, Kariel is no longer in her original body, she does not. She's not like in the line of secession anymore. Yeah. So she needs Theron uh, to get to that. She also right. doesn't know that Kieran is alive st- at this right. point. Right. Mm-hmm. So she yes. has to use Theron instead of maybe yes. using Kieran if. She- she had known he was alive. But yeah, Cariel sucks. I don't like her. Yeah. I like Senerani. I, I don't, mm-hmm. There's really not much to this chapter except for no, it's, remarking yeah. about how much Cariel sucks. And it's like, it's very much like, remember, hey, these two are in fact still alive and they are still running around and they're doing things because we haven't seen them since the end of book one. Yeah. So. And they established that she wants the throne. So I don't know that that was yes. ever totally That's clear true. in book one. Like, she might have mentioned yeah. that she was heir or something. But yeah, like, I don't know. Now she, she plays like, it pretty close to the chest. I don't yeah. think it came up in book one at all. It might have. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think at, for the most part, she has to be on. Maya. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, uh, she's like, all right, I'm going to kill all the demons and take you with me. And bye. We're going now. Yeah. Okay, so 
back to Kieran's section of the storytelling. One mm. important note is that after they go into the secret tunnel, Valkaroth, uh, <laughs> or at least like an mm. aspect of him, teleports into the secret tunnel. Yeah. And it's fucking terrifying. And the people mm. sitting around the area that he teleports in just like are they're nothing they're like he teleports in and they're it's not that they're dead and their bodies are lying there there's literally nothing left and then the people that are close to valkaroth kieran witnesses them just like turn to ash and it's horrifying yeah yeah it's and it's like spooky and like it's very horror-y mm-hmm. yeah and it's very the worst part about it for me is that like so Valkaroth is just absence. He's just like the silhouette, mm. the three-dimensional silhouette somehow of a mm. of a terrifying person. But Kieran can feel him looking at him, and it's awful. It's just like it's like what you imagine pressure yeah. under the deep sea to look at, like almost because like there's no light down there, nothing can see you, but except that it can. It's like ugh. And he he like extends a shadowy hand towards Kieran. Mm. That's super creepy, and I was like, oh boy. And, like, Kieran can hear him, but, like, not understand him. Mm-hmm. Kieran needs therapy. Yes. Everybody needs therapy, yes. yeah. <laughs> In these books, definitely. I'm, I'm willing for that to be a blanket statement, but yes, in these books also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like, I really like the theory that Thervishar then says is wrong, is that Valkaroth was just imprisoned in time. They just made him right. go so slowly that he couldn't be a threat. But like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, I think that's a genius idea. It's an entire cool plot device right there. And the breaking of the one thing that Kieran broke in book two mm-hmm. didn't free him, but it basically sped like sped up time a little bit for yeah. him. Yeah. But then Kieran has a remark about. Um, he moves faster around Kieran, so right. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. So it can't actually be that, but it's a dope and I wish I could just throw away good ideas as like <laughs> as a side note, as a side like as a wrong option. As just like yeah, you know what would be great? No, <laughs> something. I do better. love that in these books, like Jen Lines does make a point of being like man we were wrong about that like people don't get it right every time that's mm-hmm. very real like like a lot of times they have theories that are just dead wrong and they they you know pivot and adapt later as they need to but it's it's refreshing to like not have characters that get it right every single time yeah just like we don't get it right when we predict what will happen in mm-hmm. a, a, a last book of a series <laughs> Except for me, Josh I predicted is, everything. Josh right. is generously saying "we" when he yeah, means Stephanie. Yeah, jo- Josh, who got more things right than I think Christina and I put together. Yeah, I am proud of myself for that. I pat myself on the back. You did I, very I, good. Did, or, yeah, Je- no, Jen Lyons good. was proud of you. So, yes. yeah, that was a good interview. Everybody, go listen to that interview. Stop what you're doing. Go yeah. listen to that interview with Jen Lyons. <laughs> <Do it. laughs> Stop now. listening to this episode. What are you doing? Yeah, and yeah, then come fun. back and was... listen to the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, don't do that. There's spoilers in this episode. (laughs) No, there's a spoiler-free interview. There's two. There's two of them. So you could just listen to that one. Yes, but the spoiler one is where I get complimented. So that's the one I want. (laughs) 
Okay, you'll just have to, listeners, you'll just have to anticipate it. So to imagine it. Just have to know out there that somewhere Josh is getting compliments. Yeah. I'm an author anymore. Which, which will just, not surprise you. Yeah, just send Josh your own compliments. It's true. Just go with that. When you're listening to this, yeah. send me. <laughs> yeah. At four or five wits, please send your best compliments. He has very nice hair. He's good at predicting books. Yes, thank you. Just yeah. like, think of the good place. <laughs> Where the good place yeah. people are just like, you're a comforting height. Your shoulders <laughs> are really strong. <laughs> or whatever he says. Yeah. You have a commanding voice. I do so, like that when they like get separated from the Morgagi. A little like detail is Janelle like taking all the food and water and separating it out equally among them. That seems like a so smart. Thing. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you the number of shows I've watched where it's like, well, we got separated from the one person who had all the water. Yeah, just like that is lazy writing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all my thoughts for these chapters. Yeah, despite being full of action, they're very preliminary. So, like, we've set mm-hmm. everything up very effectively, but yeah. not not a lot has actually happened yet. So that's okay. Yeah. A lot of people got broken bones so i have to figure out a way to clip it but the the section where um therese says uh i don't even know what that word means the way the narrator of the audiobook delivers the section is part of why it's so <laughs> funny to me because he's so indignant about it he's like i don't even know what that word means and that's the only thing i could think about nice. but yeah that's all my thoughts for these chapters christina are you reading anything right now um i just finished uh prayer for the crown shy which is a becky chambers book it's hope punk so it's like very optimistic and about our purpose in life and there's like an ecological communist utopia socialist kind of um and it's like it's supposed to be very comforting and it is and it's like you need that kind of optimism to imagine a better future but God, it is so depressing to read in America. In oh, it's just kind of like, can we even get health care? No, no. Well, we're never going to get here. It just So I had mixed, like, everyone should read it. It's a great book. It's like very wise and cozy. And it just, it hurt. Man. Oh. Steph, what are you reading? Oh, God, I am not reading a lot right now. Um, Understandable. I'm still, I haven't decided if I'm going to finish Son of the Storm. I haven't decided if I'm going to finish Sunreach. Uh, Those are the only two that I have going on right now, actually. Uh, And they're really not. They're very much in a holding pattern. So now that now that house stuff is basically done, uh, I'll do I'll probably start reading a little more. But uh, most of my reading time was at work, and I've been taking a course, so less less of the reading oh. these days. But I'll I'll get back to it. We got some. There's some dope books coming out this fall. Oh my god! So yes. I'm really looking forward to dipping my toes into the fall's uh, pre pre read arcs and stuff. Josh, what are you reading? Uh, I am reading. I just started it literally yesterday. Um, uh, Daughter of Red Winter by. Ed McDonald. I'm glad you're doing that one. Uh, I had um, read his Black Wing trilogy from a couple years ago. It's very, 
that was very dark and grim and this seems less so i think there's been many years between the two series but it seems um grim but not as like like uh as heavy as that one but it seems very interesting the couple pages i read i literally do not know what it's about since i it. like i'm literally on like page four or five uh i started reading it this morning when i woke up but uh i'm excited to read it it has a really cool cover nice hey it does it's real so pretty uh christina where can they find you on the internet you can find me at Girl on Twitter, and you can find my reviews and everyone's reviews on geeklyinc.com under reading. Steph. You can find me on all the various internet places at Steph O. Kingston. And Josh. Uh, you can follow me at 405wits. Uh, my reviews are also on geeklyinc.com. And you can, I've been blogging about uh, wrestling because I needed an outlet to write about wrestling on my former blog uh four of five wits.com oh hey hell yeah thank you all right okay thanks for listening everybody keep reading yes we had a sign off but i don't remember read with us we never did no No, we didn't (laughs) we really never did (laughs) come read with us well (laughs) that's what i say yeah butterfly and wait no that's taken Three seconds or less. It's legal for copyright reasons. There you go. That in. I was an academic librarian. (laughs) Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.